Hi, this is Anita Switlow, University of Saskatoon, sitting with some returned volunteers. What's your name? Thelma Howard. Thelma Howard, how are you? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> That's as far as I like your necklace. Did you get that from your service when you were in Papua New Guinea? I, I bought it there. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What year were you there? Uh, from 71 to 73. You guys were, no, you were there before he was, 1971. And what were you doing before you left? Uh, worked at the Extension Division at the university, Adult Education. Adult Education at the University of Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, okay. Yeah. And were you a professor or a teacher? Sort of. Sort of? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what kind of sort of professor were you? <laughs> Extension specialist, is that what they call it? No, associate professor. Associate <laughs> professor, okay. So you, why did you apply to CUSO? Because I'd spent several years interviewing on the interview panels. Oh, you were an assessor. And, and I decided that I should go find out for myself <laughs> what it was like. And I was always interested in uh, other countries anyway. Where in PNG did you go? Uh, Port Moresby. And what did you do there? Uh, well, I continued the um, setting up of a community development training center. And it was uh, for s people to work with the uh, squatter settlers in Port Moresby, because that was a big issue. So to help them learn what their rights were and how to get some community action going. What are some of the challenges of squatters in Papua New Guinea? Well, at, at that time, uh, they either were, they were coming into the city from the country, like usually happens, and uh, they would either build houses on private land that wasn't being used, or government land that wasn't being used. And so people were taking advantage of them. And so they, this, uh, it was a lady from Australia that had started this community development group. And so uh, the students, what they would do is they would have field work while they took classes. Okay. And so they worked in squatter settlements, and so did I. What did you learn from that experience? Um, Actually, the biggest thing I learned was how badly they were treated when the colonizers moved in, because the north was colonized by Germany and the south by Australia. And they really, the, the biggest work that I did was to try and develop a, a, a good feeling that they had about themselves, particularly the coastal people. <clears throat> Part of the problem was the missionaries came in and burnt down all their houses of worship. And so the Highlanders, who had only been contacted uh, in the 30s, were a lot more uh, sort of self-confident. So one of, the, um, one of the, the good things that happened was my Highland students, these were all adults. Uh, they decided that we should all conduct classes in Pidgin English which I'm not good at languages. 
And so I thought, okay, let's give it a try. I, but I said to them, you realize the coastal people may have trouble because they spoke Motu, which was a, and then several other languages were tossed in. And uh, we ended up going back to English. As a common language. Yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But. So people's self-worth, and I look around this room and I think that everything in each one of those countries that had been colonized by the British, the Dutch, the Germans, whatever, re-establishing self-worth, it's kind of a special role that Canadians seem to be able to play. Well, it's the same issue with the Aboriginal people here. Their self-worth has been trampled down. Yeah, we managed yeah. to do that here to the First Nations communities. But overseas, in the years that you guys were overseas, it appeared, and I remember, Canadians being the kind of people that made you feel strong about who you were. I think because you, you guys hoped. Were, you hoped. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. the ones we sent, hopefully, were like that. So that was a challenge. So did you use that same experience of helping people find their self-worth? back in Canada when you came back? Well, that's really what I did in the work that I was working in before I left. Before you left? Yeah, and, and continued and after. Continue. And what yeah. did you continue in after? Uh, Here, in Saskatchewan? Well, I, w I came back into the extension division. Okay. And was, at that time, it was mostly 4-H uh, work. Oh. Working with the lead rural leaders. 4-H work, okay, wonderful. When you look back at your experience in Papua New Guinea, what, were, what, was, what is something that you remember? Uh, well, there was a lot of things, but one sort of highlight was the, um, in the area I lived, was a new Catholic church was built. And there was, this was really something, because it was the first time a Papua New Guinean bishop was ordained, and he was also the... Um, well, they called them they called them witch doctors mm -hmm. of his uh, tribe back in uh, along the coast, mm -hmm. and they were that group of people were really quite famous, and so uh, they inaugurated his position as uh, the Catholic Church did the inauguration, oh, but I also see. so did all the uh, Mekio people come. And they planted what they called spirit poles in front of the Catholic Church. Uh, and the Catholic Church accepted this. I don't know whether they had any choice. But they had this beautiful procession of all the Mekio people who just had gorgeous, um, you know, sort of ceremonial regalia. And, Tall uh, masks and... I've seen pictures of yeah. this. You saw that in real life? And they were carrying the poles, uh, sort of from the water. They had come by boat from uh, their village. And then they had, you know, drumming in the church. Uh, and then they had their food giveaway as like part a of the whole. almost. Yeah. <clears throat> the same sort of idea. So what it were your letters home like? You must have put photos in there. And well, no. No, because you couldn't develop you didn't send, send photos. Okay, aerograms? Yes, aerograms, yeah. Weekly? No. <laughs> <laughs> and did you go on your own? Yes. A woman yeah. on her own in Papua New Guinea in 1971. 
Was that yeah. a challenge? Because there are, it's, it, when it comes to uh, women and men, men, male relationships, it's quite complex. Well, they, uh, yeah, we'd get actually picked up on the road because we weren't supposed to be <laughs> walking at night. I mean, be friends that would do that, mm. have New Guinean friends and say. But oh. I went back uh, 15 years later. Okay. And uh, the most special thing was this one couple had, who had come from a village. They ended up in the squatter settlement I was working with. Um, he ended up, the husband ended up as being sort of the head person. And... Uh, I went back to that squatter settlement, which really was changed. I mean, it was, it's, it was a little village. And I'm walking along, and all of a sudden I hear this word, Tiaoma. Oh. And that's what they called me, because they couldn't pronounce the T-H. And there she was. Her husband had died, but she was there, and she recognized me. She remembered you. Well, I was probably the only white person that, <laughs> that she never seen. And you're quite a tall lady, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a beautiful story. Have you been back again? No. All right. No. No. That's a special time and a special place. I wish I had been in Papua New Guinea with you. Well, the other thing that, you know, sort of, be, I guess partly because of my experience there, when I came back, I was involved with CUSO, and uh, at that stage, CUSO was... I would say very conscious of being uh, involved in issues, okay. which Ottawa didn't always appreciate. Yes. Uh, and we continued to try to do that until we were closed. Told to, told to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Ian yeah. Smiley writes about that time in his book. So it's yeah, a really... Yeah, he would. Yes. <laughs> still a very intelligent man, still has written some more yeah. books. Ian Smiley? No, no he's not the one who wrote oh. Dead Aid. Um, Ian Smiley is interested in blood diamonds. Oh, yes. yes he and is. Yeah, that's his. Yeah. What the, but is that the title of this book? Um, I'll, I'll remember you know it in a minute. I'm sure I know the name too. I'll look it up. Well, so the Saskat Saskatchewan office closed about how many years Saskatoon. ago? Saskatoon. Well, we had an office in Regina China. one here. Yeah. They closed all around the country, yeah. and then they're now opening up more again. But it's a loss to CUSO, I think, to have closed an office here, because there's so many amazing people that came from here. Well, we were doing good work. I thought locally, we're, which was a problem, too. Locally, we were doing good work. Thank you for all the good work so. you were doing. <laughs> Sorry we closed the office. <laughs> I heard you were a public engagement officer.